0: Hello and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth Weekly Podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit Antiochfortworth.com. Hey, everybody, what's up? My name is Graydon, Uh, just like Jamie said, youth pastor here i uh, been in this church for seven years, and man, I love this church. I love you guys, and uh, let me show you a picture of my family, actually from Vancouver, uh, while we were uh, in this class. This is Christina and Natalie, and they're just the two loveliest ladies you've ever seen in your life, so uh, so glad they got to come up there with me while I was having fun. I was having fun with theology. They were having fun for different reasons, but... Um, Yeah, and just, uh, hey, as I'm preaching this morning, uh, I'm going to preach a word that's been on my heart. And so, uh, hey, let me know you're still awake and give me a little, a little, mm -hmm, a little come on, and I'll try to give, give you my good stuff. So let me just pray real quick. Jesus, we love you. And Lord, we say it's all about you. Lord, we agree with Galatians this morning. It's all about you. Lord, you are what matters. Jesus, we love you. You're the king. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, hey, again, we're closing out the Galatians series. And uh, we've been talking about uh, what does it mean to be the people of God, as you can see on the screen. Jamie's been talking about how to live out Galatians, how to take actions, how to rearrange our lives in order to be the people of God. And Paul in Galatians is practically shouting, hey, we're one people, we're one faith, we're one story, we're one table, right? He's been shouting these things. And if that is really true, if we're really God's one people, then it means something for our lives, right? It means something for our external actions, right? It means that we have to rearrange our lives in order to stand out, uh, according to the world, where there's divisions, there's racism, there's all these things, right? And we say, no, we're going to be unified. We're going to be one people, no matter what. Uh, and man, if you haven't been wrecked by Paul yet, I'm like, don't move on. Don't move on from Galatians. We're finishing this series, but stay in Galatians. Because if you haven't, I, I was just thinking, man, we've got a first century man, Jewish Pharisee who grew up in the Roman Empire and his beliefs on unity and equality are more radical than most Christians in the 21st century. I mean, this is wild. Like if we're not just like, man, let our heart be broken and repent and say, yes, Lord, then what are we doing? Right? I mean, it wasn't somehow easier for him to believe these things. You know, he had some things working against them. Let's just say it that way. Right? And so it was a revelation of Jesus Christ that changes everything. So, hey, I'm praying if you haven't been broken yet, I'm praying it happens this morning. And if it doesn't happen this morning, stay in Galatians. Get it. Get what Paul wants us to get. So, hey, as we read these final verses, we're going to be looking at Galatians 6, 11 through 18, if you want to go ahead and turn there. But I want you to go ahead and see three final themes. Let me just help you out here. And the first theme is, the final warning against the agitators, these people who've been coming in and preaching this false gospel. Paul resolutely says that, listen, their real their real motivation is two things. They want to boast in themselves and they want to avoid persecution. That's really what's going on. The second theme is Paul's final defense of himself, his own character. And he puts himself in direct contrast and says, me, on the other hand, I boast only in the cross of Jesus and I also bear the marks of Jesus on my body. He's talking about persecution, and most likely uh, the stoning that happened in Galatia in Acts fourteen. He's saying this is what it really looks like to be uh, to put your to put your life uh, in Jesus' hands. The last theme here, the one that I'm going to be focusing on this morning, is what matters is new creation. Jesus, uh, Paul concludes that really what matters is not who's right and who's wrong. It's not the, the social or religious markers on us, but it's what Jesus has done through his life, his death, his resurrection. He's launched a new creation and he's inviting all of his people to participate. Paul says, this is what matters. And most of this series, we've been talking about the external, what the things that we need to live out and we need to talk about that. But God really put a burden on my heart this morning to talk about the internal, because if we don't deal with our internal state, it's going to turn into external sin. If we don't deal with the inside, then we're going to, we're going to have some, some nasty stuff come out, right? And so I believe that God's calling us to take, to, to no longer let our internal thoughts be unchecked. And what if we said, Jesus, take a hold of everything? And I believe specifically that the internal change God is calling us to make is to drop our labels this morning. So let's read the text together. Galatians 6, 11 through 18. See what large letters I use as I write to you with my own hand. Those who want to impress people by means of the flesh are trying to compel you to be circumcised. The only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. Not even those who are circumcised keep the law, yet they want you to be circumcised so that they may boast about your circumcision in the flesh. the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers and sisters. Amen. 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 Woo, Paul. All right. Don't trouble me anymore. Uh, okay, so uh, I want to tell a story real quick, because uh, seven years ago, I, I was uh, going into freshman year at TCU, and uh, I love TCU, and, and they have this amazing thing called Frog Camp. And uh, Frog Camp is for freshmen. You kind of get off campus, and you get to know people. You learn the traditions. You become a horn frog, right? And and one of the things that they did was they put everyone in a small group. It was like little, you know, TCU life groups, I guess. I don't know. That's kind of what we were doing. And they had all these exercises for us to do that were community building things. And uh, and so one of the things that they did was, was really incredible, but it was based on labels, okay? So what they did was, was they said, hey, going into college is often a time where you can get a fresh start, right? So what are the labels that have been put on you in your high school years that you would like to get rid of, right, that you want to have a new day in? And so we were sitting there, and I, they gave us some time. They gave us a little note card to write on, and for whatever reason, I couldn't think of anything. And I, I don't know what the reason was. Maybe it was because I was immature, or I was homeschooled, and my mom was really affirm, you know, affirming me all the time. I don't know what it was, but, um, you know, I just, I'm just saying, I didn't know what to say. And I'm sure if I sat there long enough, I could have, but the time was running out. And so I decided, well, well I'll just write something that someone, has called me at some point in my life. I mean, I just, I'm just i not trying to lie here, but I want to try and participate, but I just can't think of anything. So I wrote something down, and I thought, okay, great, Whew, that's the end of that, right? Well, it wasn't the end of that, because this was actually a shared activity. And so I heard the leader say, okay, everyone, turn over your cards for the group to see. And I sat there in disbelief, um, and I pulled out my card, and I turned it around, and it said, dumb. Just dumb. That's it. Dumb. And I look at everyone else's cards, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, this is this is going to be bad. People have written on their cards like things that I can't say from the stage, things that like worthless, unlovable. And I was like, oh my gosh, okay, well, my little dumb card, I'm just going to sit here and be quiet. Well, we weren't supposed to be quiet, actually. She said, all right, would anyone like to share? And I'm thinking, no one's going to share, right? No, every single person in the circle shared, except for me, because I had no story attached to this. I mean, this was like... Some junior high boy at one point said, "Gretchen, you're dumb," and so I wrote that on there. Right? And everybody's—I mean—they're crying. They're sharing the like the deepest, darkest things of their entire life. And she, we get to the end, and, and she, the leader's saying, "Would anybody else like to share?" And everybody's looking at me. I'm the only one who hasn't shared. And I'm thinking, no, I'm no—make no eye contact. I'm not saying a word. I'm not lying anymore. I'm not going to make up a story right now, right? And uh, oh my gosh, it was the most embarrassing thing that's probably ever happened to me. And I got out of there and I didn't keep up with any of those people, if you're wondering. <laughs> uh, but but here, here's what that, why do I share that story besides being embarrassed, you know, in front of everybody. I share that because the the fact that we needed that exercise shows me that we're living in a label epidemic in our world. Labels affect us. And, and, and do, you, do you feel that just subtle or maybe not so subtle drift towards labeling people? And do you notice how often those labels become a vehicle for judgment in our lives, right? It's just so easy to do this. It's the culture, it's the wave that we're a part of. And so this is the topic I believe God wants to speak into specifically through Galatians, through what we've been learning in Galatians. And so we begin this story by asking what is up with all the labeling? So I did some study on this because I was interested, and I read a book called Disunity in Christ. And it was a book by a Christian social psychologist who was asking the same question. Why do we do this? Why do we treat other Christians specifically like this? right? And what, here's what I found. The first thing I found is actually it's a totally normal brain function. So you're normal. Congratulations. Your brain labels. It's just, it's part of what the brain does. And here's why I learned that it's because we are trying to save energy, uh, save mental energy and avoid uncertainty. That's what your brain's trying to do when it labels things. Now let's imagine this. Imagine that you could never understand, you can never label a chair. And every time you saw something that had three to four legs and a flat surface with a thing on the back, you didn't know what to do with it. And you, you thought, I don't know if I'm supposed to stand on this Sit on this, become friends with it. Is it an enemy? Do I eat it? I don't know. Right? That would take a lot of mental energy. I mean, imagine walking into this room. You'd be scared. You'd be like, Oh, there's a lot of chairs. Or you wouldn't say that. You wouldn't know what to do, right? And so we we do this so that we can save mental energy. And so we walk into a room of chairs and we don't we don't think about it at all. So we can use our mental energy on something else. It's a totally normal brain function. But you see, there's this destructive force in your brain, and it's called sin. And so your brain on sin is a little bit different. If I can borrow an old reference, uh, you can put it up on the screen here. This is your brain, this is sin, and this is your brain on sin, right? So this is what's going on with your brain in a sinful uh, way. And so this harmless brain function is co-opted by sin, and it happens in a few, uh, uh, let's just say four stages uh, that takes our ability to label things, it takes it from a normal function into a simple, harmful thing. So let's go through the four stages together. The first stage is compartmentalization. You see, the brain, these are in your notes as well, if you want to fill in the blanks. I did this for you guys. I don't like to fill in the blanks, just FYI, but I hope this helps. Compartmentalization. The, the brain is marked by reason, while the sinful brain is marked by hypocrisy. Okay, the brain, your brain's wired to analyze things and make reason of it. Right. But our brain on sin allows us to hold these bizarre compartmentalizations that don't they don't make sense together. And yet we really believe it. This is why we can hear a sermon on patience and be like, I'm all in. And then we get mad as we pull out of the parking lot and someone cuts us off. and We start saying some bad things about them. This is this is why we can do it. It's your brain on sin. You have a you have a hypocritical brain. Let's just be honest here. The second stage is otherness because the brain recognizes differences but the simple brain emphasizes differences. This is when we define some group of people as the other compared to whatever your definition is of normal and we start to alienate the other because all of us fear the unknown so if you're part of the other then i'm not gonna i'm not gonna spend any time trying to get to know you you see our brain's looking for differences it's how we're able to understand anything because of the way that we can compare and contrast but when sin enters the picture the difference becomes the emphasis not to understand but to uh, draw us apart actually the third stage it gets uh, just full-blown us versus them Okay? This becomes our mentality. It's us versus them. You see, the brain longs for communal identity, but the sinful brain longs for an exclusive identity. You know, all of us are looking for something to be a part of, right? We all want to be part of something bigger than ourselves. That's why we love to wear a Cowboys jersey to Walmart. And you see someone else with some Cowboys thing, and you kind of pause. You look at each other. Go Cowboys. <laughs> And they give you that little nod, right? We love that. I love that. Like, I'm gonna do that today, probably. Uh, but, uh, but your brain on sin, it's not actually looking for the positive communal identity. It's looking for a negative. It's looking for how can I be exclusive from you? Not to share with you, but to, to, to show that we're different. And so, you see, we're not neutral towards the other that we've created. We are against the other, okay? And I used to think that having a mutual interest was the most powerful thing that we could have as a society, but you know what I've learned is that a mutual hatred might be more powerful, because we really do like to be exclusive. Well, all this combines the compartmentalization, the otherness, the us versus them, and what it turns into is having labels over humanity. You see, the brain labels to avoid uncertainty, but the sinful brain labels to avoid humanity itself. You see, once we got a label in place, I can put anything on top of that label and I won't break a sweat. I can put all the filth and all the nastiness on top of it because I don't see your humanity anymore. All I see is the label I've put in place. And so when we do that, we can uh, we can say that God is first in our lives, and then yet we can say something extremely hateful about that one person, right? That one politician, that one ethnic group, right? That one uh, different religious person, right? And and we just it's because our labels have replaced the humanity that we would otherwise see. And so this is your brain on sin, my friends. <laughs> But there's good news, uh, even though that picture is bleak, because there's a way out. And Paul has told us what the way out is in Galatians. It's because Jesus has changed everything. That's the only way to say it. Jesus, when he died on the cross and he resurrected, we, we came into a new world. That is the great turn of human history, is that moment. And so here's the thing. We actually read it in our passage, Galatians 6.15. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is the new creation. This is the great, the great conclusion of Galatians. Paul has been laying layer upon layer. He's told us stories and histories and theologies. And yet at the end of it, all he says is, listen, none of that actually matters. That's the point. This doesn't matter. What matters is Jesus. And that's why he says, don't trouble me anymore. Let's just get it right. Let's just get it right, people. Jesus is what matters, and his new creation is what he's calling you into. And it's greater than any social or religious marker that you can put on somebody, right? Right? And it should remind us of Galatians 3, 28 and 29 that we a few weeks ago we talked about. There's neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Did he really say that like there's no gender anymore? There's no difference in ethnicity? No, that's not what he's saying. He's just saying it doesn't matter. That's not your first allegiance anymore. Jesus Christ, who has launched the new creation and saying, you're now new creation people, that's what matters, right? This is what he's saying. And so Paul is essentially calling them on their labels. You know, a label, I could say, I would define it as anything that means more than the word on the page. Uncircumcised meant a lot more than what we would think it would mean. It meant the impure pagans. It meant uh, the wrong people, basically. And circumcised, on the other hand, meant the right people, the people with the truth. That meant a lot more than just the word on the page. And so Paul is emphatically shouting to the Galatians a prophetic cry, which we're going to say is our main thing this morning, which is every label is rendered insignificant in light of our new identity in Christ. Do we believe that good news? Do we believe that in Christ is a more powerful label than anything else that you can come up with in your simple brain? I believe that. In Christ, it changes everything. That one label, it changes how to be human. It changes you. It changes me. It changes us. And so maybe at this point, you're thinking, isn't this a little bit overly radical? I mean, really, never use a label? And uh, I think that we don't appreciate how radical this message actually was uh, for the for the believers in Galatia 48 AD. I mean, circumcision, it precedes even the law because it came about during Abraham, right? It came about 1,800 years before this. I mean, we can't even understand that. You can't understand that. Let me just say it that way. It, because the covenant, I mean, he, this is the sign of the covenant. This was how they were saying, we are in as God's people. And Paul is saying, it's just, it's no longer needed. Are you kidding me? I mean, surely some things, right, Paul? Some things should change because of what's happened on the cross, but really this? Are you, are you serious? And that's what Paul's saying. Yes, in, fi- in fact, I'm serious. I mean, this would be like us just reimagining completely. I mean, things that we hold so like, yes, duh, that's true. I mean, like doctors washing their hands. I mean, how long is that tradition? Like a hundred years? I mean, seriously, like 1800 years? You, we don't even get it. And so, yes, as radical as you think this is, I'm just going to go ahead and say it's that radical. Maybe more. I probably can't even tell you how radical it is. But what if we really lived it out? What if, just, what if we just tried it? What if we just tried to make our brain so co-opted by new creation that we really just started to spit out love all the time? I mean, what if we just, I, mean, I don't know. That's just my humble submission here, guys. See, Paul, Paul is seeing the labels for what they really are. They're idols. They're idols, and they thought that they were getting it right, and he's calling them to drop the labels because they're preventing them from seeing the humanity that Jesus died for. Jesus sees our humanity, and yet he loves us. And, And here's what I'm trying to say. The issue of circumcision and the law, it seems so obvious to us, but what I'm trying to say is it was extremely not obvious to them. Okay. And so when I'm preaching about these labels, I'm just saying that Paul was broadcasting a revelation that no one else had seen. <laughs> okay. And so what if we just said, you know what? I'm just going to step out. And I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it because we live in a label epidemic. What if we, the people of God started to be the ones who actually saw our blind spot? That's what it was. They had a blind spot and Paul was calling it out. And so guys, if they had a blind spot, I mean, are we really so prideful to say that we don't, what is our blind spot? What are our blind spots, plural? What are the things to which future generations will say, how could they miss this? They are among us. They must be. What if we took care of our internal business and we sorted out those blind spots? How much more of Jesus would we see and will we live out? See, the reason I think, let's just get more specific. The reason I think we have a label epidemic is that we take sinful actions and we turn them into identity statements. You didn't just lie, you're a liar. You didn't just break the law, you're a criminal, right? You didn't just get drunk, you're an alcoholic. And here's the insinuation. The insinuation that's not said is, and that's all you'll ever be, right? That's what we hear. Uh, Think about, uh, could that be our blind spot, maybe? What if we started talking about actions and speaking identity that is in Christ, right? Right? Uh, think about our political label system, right? You're either left wing or right wing. There's just one little line and you must be on that line somewhere. And based where you are on that line, I'm either gonna be your best friend or you're like a worthless lump of humanity. Right? I mean, who made the line? Is this like God given? No? Like, but you have to be on it, okay? Could this be our blind spot? Think about all the countless labels that Christians use just to, just to avoid associating with other people. You know, like we're not those Christians and we're definitely not those non-Christians, right? And just labels, 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 labels. Could this be our blind spot, right? That we really see that the body of Christ might be spliced up. And, And Paul has been redefining labels throughout this entire letter. It's actually what he's been doing. He's been looking at their blind spots and he's been redefining labels. And actually he does it in the very next verse in verse 16. He says, peace and mercy to all who follow this rule to the Israel of God. What does Paul mean by Israel there? Hasn't he spent the entire letter saying we're one family? Why does he say Israel? I mean, uh, what about the Gentiles, right? And this is actually a pretty controversial controversial verse, but uh, here's what I think he's doing. I think he's redefining a closely held label. He's been doing it the entire letter. He redefined the law, and he said it's a temporary guardian, and it's fulfilled. He redefined God, saying he's the Trinitarian God who sends the Son and the Spirit. He redefined circumcision and uncircumcision as past tense markers of membership in God's family. He redefined Abraham's family to be all who are within the faith of Jesus. He's been doing this the whole letter. So why would he stop in one of the last verses? He's saying the Israel of God is now all who are in Christ. Okay, all who are in Christ. So if you've heard of controversies and battles over this verse, let's let them sort it out. We're going to say we're one family. And we believe in a message of unity. And we believe that Paul is drawing us into new creation, okay, together with all of our Jewish and Gentile brothers and sisters. If we're all honest, um, if I had to sum it up, I think all of us have a secret or maybe not so secret definition of the right Christian and the wrong Christian that's probably the easiest label for us to come up with. In your mind, you have a right Christian in mind. He probably is exactly like you, actually, Uh, right? I mean, it's probably, he thinks like you, and eats like you, and talks like you, and votes like you, and does everything like you, right? But we all have a wrong Christian, too, and maybe they look different than you, or maybe they look exactly like you, and that's what makes you mad, because they're so different than you, right? They definitely think different than you, and you can't even understand how, like, a sane person would think those things. Oh, golly. You, you probably, they probably vote differently than you. They probably you know, raise their family different than you. And honestly, you probably think they're kind of Christian, but God's embarrassed to be around them, right? that we all of us have this this idea it's it's normal because you have a brain that is on sin okay and so what if uh what and by the way a lot of that was sarcasm if that's part of your wrong christian definition i'm i'm sorry i'm really sorry listen i'm just i'm just I'm describing judgment. I mean, this is what it is, right? Your brain on sin, it's a specialty on judgment. Your brain on sin majored in judgment and got a PhD, okay? We have the, we don't have the capacity in a simple brain to love and judge at the same time. God can do it. His brain is not affected by sin, okay? And so, can we truly agree that neither circumcision nor uncircumcision matters if we've bought into the right Christian, wrong Christian framework? Can we do it? I don't know. I don't know if we can, Bob the Builder. Do we really believe that our cultural and social markers are more powerful than this identity in Christ? Do we really believe that that the, the things that we say about other people are more powerful than the new creation Jesus has launched? I mean, if 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 this, we act like it sometimes, right? And uh, we need to turn to new creation because the only thing that we truly know about anybody is that they have unsurpassable worth because God created them in his image and he died on the cross for them. That's the only thing that you know, right? Of that person on I-20 who just, every time, it's always them. It's a, I think it's ex- the same person every time. They always cut you off, right? Uh, the wrong Christian, right? God ascribes unsurpassable worth to them because he created them in his image and Jesus died for them. What if we tried to retrain our brains to default to that? What if we dropped our labels and we started treating everybody with unsurpassable worth? What if that was our label for people, right? What if, what if the Christian stereotype was, man, they're just always acting like everybody matters. Jeez, so boring. So boring how they always forgive people. Whew. Right? What if we just dropped the labels? This is the call this morning. Is just drop the labels and put in new creation. Drop the labels and run towards new creation. Drop the labels and see everything through the light of Jesus. I believe that we can do it this morning. Now, of course, you're going to have to use some labels just to talk to people, right? It's a matter of English. we got to understand things. you got to label the chair. But you know the difference in your heart between a label and a label, right? You know the difference. There, you can say the same word, and it means two totally different things right? You know the difference between this a denomination that you disagree with and wrong denomination, right? Same word, two totally different meanings. You know the difference between different, different ethnicity and ethnicity I see through a simple stereotype. You know the difference between those things. You know the difference between Philadelphia Eagles and enemy of all that is good, right? You know the difference. I got to practice that one a convicted. <laughs> Listen, I don't know what, what labels you struggle with. I don't know. You, you have to go to the Lord. You have to take some inventory of your heart with the Lord. I don't know what you struggle with. And honestly, if, you don't, if you're thinking you don't struggle with any labels, then you need to look harder. It would be weird for you to not struggle with labels. It's the world we live in. You have a brain that is simple. You have things that have been passed down to you. Of course we all struggle. Let's be honest about it and let's get free. Let's run into new creation together because once we get this internal state constantly turning and and just calibrating back to Jesus, then we're going to be free to externally run, right? And so, so let's be honest about it and let's get right. Let's get right before the Lord. Let's get pure before the Lord because honestly, it doesn't matter. These labels do not matter they're not going to hold up a new creation, okay? Jesus has launched something completely new, so let's run into that real life together in the person of Jesus. Listen, as we're about to finish up here, it's important to note how impossible this is. It's completely impossible. You can't put a broken scrambled egg back into the shell, Uh, but do we believe that God can we believe God's in it. When I read the miracle of the Bible, I see that Jesus is really into miracles. And so I believe that he can do something completely impossible. He can rewire your brain this morning to start filtering people through new creation before they hit the label. Okay? And so we can do this. It would be a miracle if we, the church, could be the only place on planet Earth where labels are insignificant because we have this new identity that actually suffices right? We're all searching for identity. Most of them just don't hold up. In Christ, new creation, you can trust it. God wants to do that for us this morning. So you guys go ahead and stand up here in the worship team and ministry team. Go ahead and come forward. We want to respond to Jesus. We want to respond to what he's doing inside of us. There's a few ways that maybe you need to respond this morning. And one of them, uh, probably for all of us, would just be repentance, right? Sometimes we just need to repent. We need to take inventory of our heart and our brain and turn towards Jesus. Maybe uh, you need a miracle this morning, and we're not afraid to pray for miracles. And so please come forward if you need, so, if you need God to show up today. And uh, one really big category that I want to throw out there is uh, if you feel like you have been labeled, right? And you're living underneath the shame of that then we want to break it this morning uh, because it doesn't matter. Whatever it is, it feels like it matters. But Paul says, circumcision, uncircumcision doesn't even matter in the light of new creation. And so if you feel like you've been living underneath a label, maybe for a long time, then please come forward. And we want to pray that God would break it off and that he would do a miracle this morning. Jesus, we love you. And Lord, we say that you are so good. Your love conquers all the judgment that we have given and that we have experienced, Father. And so Lord, we pray that you would come and that we'd be a new day among us, Lord. Help us to live as new creation, Lord. We are new creation. Lord, help us to live like it's true, Jesus. Would you rewire our brains this morning, Lord, to be love first people. We love you, Jesus. Meet us here today in Jesus' name. Please, come forward. Don't leave this place without getting prayed.